It's time. Living Paranormal. Real stories. Real investigators. No scripts. From legends to hauntings. Good evening, everybody. My name is Jason. And my name is Rob, and welcome back to Living Paranormal. Guys, I missed my cue. Sorry about that. But you know what? I am live on location tonight from the historic Ramsdale House in Cerrito, West Virginia. And guys, I got to tell you, it's always a wonderful, wonderful time when I can be back here, not only investigating in one of my favorite places, but also spending some time with my favorite listeners. So guys, thanks for showing up tonight. I'm hoping to get a lot of good, you know, interactive EVP questions from the chat room. But Jason, how was your week, buddy? Man, it's been awesome. Uh, as I said or last week, we actually had a event, or not we, I didn't have it. Uh, there was an event that was held at the uh, Victoria's Black Swan Inn. I got to meet up with Andrea Perone, you know, the guest that we had had earlier. I got all three of her books, which is outstanding. Uh, I didn't get In a Flicker. I should have picked that one up, the one she co-authored with uh, George R. Lopez. But it was a yeah. really great time, man. I had a really great time. Absolutely loved it. Uh, and uh, just, just went to that. That was a great masquerade ball. After that, I went to another party, which was also awesome, and uh, did a little karaoke when I had a little too much uh, liquid courage and uh, probably shouldn't have done it, but <laughs> did it anyway. Hey, I've got to tell you, man, that was one of the worst renditions of creep I've ever heard. Yeah, it was creepy. So it worked out. I think it was thematic. So that's what I was going for. But uh, <laughs> other than that. Me, by the way, Jason, you hear me walking around because we have had a motion detector trying to go off up here already. Really? Uh, and we've been getting some K2 hits. Now, I walked out here to try to trap it just now, and I know you can see the video feed. It's not lighting up. Right. And yeah. just so you can see, I am just a few feet from it. Oh, right. Yeah, you're really close to it. It's in the corner yeah. of the room that you just shined your flashlight to, so that's pretty good. Now, it's actually um, the top of the stairwell, um, and we have had a lot of activity. But I do want to give a real fast shout-out, if you'll allow me, Jason. Last yeah. night, we had one of our regular listeners show up here at the Ramsdale House. Michelle came and she stayed the night. She did give me permission to use her first name. So, Michelle, I want you to know we do appreciate you coming out. And I look forward to getting to see you in the future and definitely keep enjoying Living Paranormal. We, we love that uh, we have people that like to listen to our spiel every week. And, Jason, where she works and listens to us the most, she said the spiders in that shack are just big fans of yours. <laughs> staying with the creepy theme uh i guess so yeah you know that's why i did creep really because me and the spiders go way back uh but michelle <laughs> michelle house that's actually in the chat room tonight and she was saying she hopes that the uh, ghost still enjoys the gum from last night which would be an interesting i don't know exactly what yeah and uh, ironically enough uh, the gum that was left out here there was a peppermint smell that kind of spread through but the gum was never opened so that happened uh, late, late last night. But we have a couple of guests with us here on site with us. Um, I've, as kind of historically with me, I like to bring investigators on the show, as well as some of our guests that get to come with us. So tonight I have uh, the lovely Jerry Lee with me. My fiance is actually here in the room investigating with us. Jerry Lee, say hi to the listeners. Hey, everybody. There you go. And we also have a guy that I work with. <laughs> and trust me. 
He doesn't know what a hard time I give you, Jason. He knows what a hard time I give him, and he's one of my bosses. But I got Mark Bullard here with us tonight. Mark, welcome aboard. How's it going, out Everybody out there on the interweb, I'm glad to be online with y'all. We're here to get some ghosts. <laughs> there you go. He's excited. If a ghost doesn't happen, you have our permission to fire him. So don't worry. It's going to be. A- <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a uh, sounds like a packed room, and sounds like a really good time's been had so far. So uh, fill us fill us in a little bit, Rob. What's been going? Or give us first off. We've been to the Ramsdale before. We uh, longtime listeners know about the Ramsdale, but for those that may have not have heard our prior live investigations, can you give just a, a brief background of the Ramsdale? Yeah, the Ramsdale House is actually a wonderful historic location, and most people that listen to this show and know me, and and of course know you, Jason, know the the, the love that we have for history. Now, with that being said, the Ramsdale House was actually the last stop on the Underground Railroad in this part of West Virginia. Um, we have been working with spirits here that are from the late 1800s up. In addition to that, we um, have several spirits that we've identified by name through EVP work. We also have a new one, and we're trying to figure him out right now, him or her, I should say. So really? a new spirit it's been a very eventful, eventful weekend. Yeah, a new spirit. That's the first time. It's, it's, you've been there so many times. I'm surprised you can still find something new there. Well, you know, there's something that's changed here, and um, I'll even show you on camera as I'm describing this, because I know you are watching via Skype. <clears throat> You'll notice, see if this goes off again. Yeah, you see that's still not going off, but it did while I was sitting up here. This door mark, do not enter, has been broken. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's where one, the hip- if whatever is here may have been hiding in that area. So if that is the case, then we have a whole nother level of discovery that we get to take advantage of here. So just for the and listeners it, real quick, sorry, great. sorry, Rob, just for the listeners real quick. So what he's describing is the door at the top of the stairs. Uh, the hinge has, looks like it's just been, the door's been pushed so hard that the hinge has been removed from the frame, which is really interesting. Correct. Correct. Go ahead, Rob. Sorry to interrupt. Please shut. Yes. That door has been shut as long as we've been coming here. So I have no clue why anybody would do this. Um, or if something did this. Now, of course, if we're to be spiritual in nature, it would have to be exceptionally aggressive um, and very powerful. So, you know, we have a lot more discovery here. Even a place that we've investigated literally hundreds of times, it's still revealing secrets to us. And in that room, Rob has seen a silhouette figure in the past. Absolutely. Looking up from the ground level, and Jason, I'll show you how far up we actually are if you'll... Uh, be able to describe this, but we are definitely up on the second floor. Oh, you yeah. see the car go through the window. Yeah, of course, the window's about, what? what is that, like 20 feet above the ground at least or something like that? Approximately, yes. Now, one night after we left, I looked up and clearly saw a silhouette standing in that window. Wow. It is impossible to get inside of that door because it is so filled with just stuff. There's supplies, et cetera, et cetera. The door does not even completely open. It's those rooms. We I think we all have one of those rooms where you just put all your stuff in. I totally get that. That's storage. I got you. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, for us to, to find this ripped as it is, and it literally is pulled from the screw holes. Yeah. And peeking in, you can hear the creak as I try to move it. Oh yeah. You can't even open it all the way. Like you said, it is completely packed Back. to the gills. Exactly. So for us to actually see something kind of hanging out in there was very, very unusual. So, but needless to say, if we do have a new entity here, if we do have a new spirit here, I'm hoping that tonight we might be able to make a full-blown first contact with it live on the show. 
Wow. And just to let you know, we do have a message from Callie Linville in the chat room. She says, have fun tonight, guys. I wish I was there. And also to the listeners that are listening live on the chat room right now, uh, if you have any questions or, or about the investigation or if you want to, uh, even during an EVP session perhaps, pass along some words or phrases you'd like to ask, it would almost be like you are here in the live investigation, or should I say there, he's on location, I'm broadcasting for him remotely. Uh, so please type those into the chat room. We'll be happy to pass those messages along. Uh, to our on-field or in-the-field guys, uh, namely Rob and his team there. So And gals, pardon me, and gals. Uh, so absolutely, uh, just let us know, and you'll be a part of this investigation right along with us. So um, I just have a question, Just and I'm here, but my question is, is there anything special about tonight? Not that we're aware of. We don't know of a historic relevance tonight outside of the closeness to All Hallows' Eve. Now, All Hallows' Eve originally was a religious holiday, All Saints' Day. It was pagan? It actually started as Christian, and they merged it with the pagan under, was it Constantine, I believe, Jason? You can correct me if I'm wrong. It was actually a, it was, pardon me, I'm sorry for the uh, breakup there. It was actually done by a later pope from Constantine. However, unfortunately, I don't remember the exact name. I apologize. Not off the top of my head. Uh, but we actually discussed that in the last episode we have with Reverend Robin Marie, if y'all want to check back on that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a uh, Christian holiday, all, all Saints Day, really, and All Hallows' Eve, because it's a hollow meaning holy. And um, so it was actually correspondingly put close to a pagan holiday. So while it's uh, related to it, it's, it's done for its own reasons, I suppose you could say. So, And actually, believe it or not, Christmas actually has more ties to the pagan holiday yeah, yeah, with Saturnalia. than Halloween does. And that's mm-hmm. something a lot of people don't understand. Things like decorating the tree, for example, is a pagan ritual. The Yule log. Um, the, and garland. multiple. Garland. And garland has a very dark past. We'll cover that probably closer to Christmas. But with that being said, yeah, Jason, we have had a tremendous amount of activity here. Um, it's just been unbelievable. I have not seen this place quite this active in a very long time. This is our third night being here. Forgive me if I sound kind of raspy. I have been just talking and talking and talking, doing presentations, EVP sessions, the works. Um, as you can see, we're starting to get an a, um, EMF field building up around the K2 meter right now. It's gone from a single light to two. Um, you hear that? Those footsteps. I just laid down. No, that was from the side. Let's go take a look real quick. Come on, babe. All right. We have heard footsteps upstairs. This is something very common to the Ramsdale house. We hear this quite often. I've actually had people comment on hearing footsteps when we're doing the presentation and nobody will be up here. You see, we have a motion detector here. Interesting. Did not go off. But what was it? Motion detector is not. Where's Mark? Mark. Come with us. Come on. Papa, Ruba. That's it. Now watch your step up here, guys. But it did sound like it came back from this hallway. Now, Jason, I know you're seeing this. Unfortunately, our, our uh, listeners cannot. This little short hallway gives an amazing funhouse effect. It feels like you're walking sideways, walking through this hallway. We've taken several different levels, as well as uh, you know, carpenter grade, as well as homemade levels with a glass of water, and it is absolutely completely smooth and level. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a bit of a funhouse effect. It's a hallway that's about what eight feet long, six to eight feet long in length. It's not really that long, but it's really interesting the way it looks, though. I like it. 
And of course, yeah. later on, uh, provided the video records great, uh, we'll actually be hopefully putting this up on YouTube for later <clears throat> consumption if y'all want to take a look at it a bit later on. But I'll be trying my best to describe what he's seeing right now. What is that? Is that a wax cylinder player or music player? Yes, it is. It's a Thomas Alva Edison Victrola. The actual trademark, if you can see this, I'll try to get in close, is Thomas A. Edison. Wow, that's beautiful. Look at that. It is a beautiful, beautiful historic piece. We actually have uh, hotel ledgers. We have a very old Bible up here. We have old magazines. Um, this, this place is absolutely a treasure trove. And most people don't realize what a beautiful place this actually is. But I got to tell you, it's been... Uh, this thing creeps me out a little bit. Yeah, I was about to say, so Rob turned around, he turned to his left, and there's suddenly a dress that's sitting on what I'm assuming is a mannequin that's low level to the floor, though. So it's kind of like at child's height, but of a female length, a full lady's dress or nightgown. Really, really creepy just sitting there. Uh, and so, Rob, is the room that you're currently in, because you walked down that small hallway, and uh, <coughs> is that where you heard the footsteps from? Yeah, we believe so. This is the bedroom. Now, what's unusual about this room, Jason? You can see you can see the floor. I know that the others can't. This is actually carpet. That's carpet? Yes, sir. That is carpet. That's interesting. So it, he, he's looking yeah, at it. It looks like right wooden now. plank floor. Yeah, yeah. You can actually see manufactured screw points, but it is all pure carpet. That's hilarious. It looks like wood on the, on the actual video. I'm sure in person it's not as deceiving as it is on the video, but that's fascinating. Yeah, no, it is. It, it's actually very deceiving in person. Oh, really? It really is. <laughs> nice. I'm not seeing anything back this way. Let's move back towards the front because I do want to try to still identify that new spirit. Now, Jason, I've mentioned to you how our cameras look in the night before. Right. I think this time I've actually had a chance to show you one from the front. Oh, look at that. There's like three concentric circles. The center circle is larger than the two flanking it. That's really neat. It's the IR blasters. I love that. So I'm anyway, this particular camera has a 250-foot zero-lux capability. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, we actually have George Aguilar who's in the studio right now with me where I'm broadcasting live from. And he, we both looked at each other and said, wow, at the same time, that's pretty good. Uh, so, Rob, what else is happening tonight? Because you just mentioned that the footsteps you've heard. Uh, can you share anything else that's happened prior to the show's airing? Well, actually, um, we were uh, running short on time to get here tonight like we usually do. This is a hectic time for us, of course. And... Um, my, my wonderful fiance decided to uh, cook here for us. We had a nice spaghetti dinner cooked here at the house. We ate at the table. We actually left us, put a setting of spaghetti out for Mr. Ramsdale, Captain Ramsdale himself. We set a K2 meter beside it, and ironically, it did eventually light to yellow as we sat and talked with him while we were eating. Nice. Very nice. Another one of your so, cameras there. Two half circles uh, flanking the <clears throat> camera lens, the IR blasters. Really cool. Very right. nice. Set up in the corner. We have had a lot of phantom knocks over the last three nights. A lot of noises that are just not quite so common to the place. Um, we've had the smell of either a cigar or pipe tobacco. We're not sure which. And in addition, um, where Michelle had left the gum here, we did have spearmint kind of floating through the house in areas not even close to where the pack of gum was left. Wow, really interesting. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and try setting up here and do a little bit of a K2 session, Jason. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay, guys, my name is Rob. I'm here with Jerry and Mark. As a reminder, I want to tell you we do mean you no harm. We are here to be peaceful. We do, however, wish to communicate with you. If there's anybody here that would like to communicate with us, I'm going to need you to give me a sign. 
The two easiest ways for you to do this is number one, touch the meter with the green lights. If you put your hand to this, it will cause it to light up and we can use this for yes and no questions with you. Beside the meter, there's also a flashlight. This flashlight is set to where it's just barely turned off. If you turn the end of that flashlight, it will turn on and we will be able to see. So if there is anybody here, can you please give us a sign by using the meter or the flashlight? You may hear some noise coming up the stairs from a team that's actually downstairs investigating. We do have a live investigation going on all three floors. Interesting. Are they all parts of your team? Yes, they are. This is an annual event that we hold with the Ramsdale House for public education, as well as to get the word out about this place and how special it actually is. Here, you want to make sure I use the flashlight correctly? Yes, I'll double check it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see just barely a touch and it turned on. So. Now, okay. Now we have a flashlight next to a K2 meter. Have you had any success with that so far uh, in this particular series of investigations you've done at the Ramsdale this year? Yes, we have. Now, I will tell you that the later it gets, the more active it becomes. And if you also notice, we're getting some fluctuation of the K2 light. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm that gonna need, I'm going to need a stronger touch than that, guys. Come on. So Abigail is known to frequent this area now? Yeah, Abigail and the Unidentified Spirit. Abigail and William were in here last night participating in a flashlight session that went really well. We had not only the K2 meter going off, but two flashlights until the unidentified spirit kind of told them they needed to shut up. William or Abigail, if either of you are in here, please come forward and talk to us through the devices that I mentioned. Just touch the green light and let us know you're here. Okay, now using proper procedure, guys, and this is a reminder to our listeners as well as people here in the room, of course, we usually give between five and ten seconds to wait for a response, and then we move on to the next question to have them enough time to manifest or if we're doing an actual EVP session to leave us a message. Is the spirit from last night in here tonight? If you are, please turn on the flashlight or touch the meter. I'm going to need a stronger flicker than that, bud. Come on. Right now, the K2 meter is showing only one light. It flickers slightly onto the second light on occasion when Rob prompts it further. Mrs. Ramsdale, if you are in the room with us tonight, can you please give us a sign? Can you touch the green light or turn on the flashlight? Walt, if you are up here with us tonight, can you please touch the meter or turn on the flashlight? Now, for the listeners at home, <clears throat> excuse me, every name that we're mentioning to you, these are people that we have identified in the house. These are spirits that have left an EVP trail with us and told us a name. Now, I do have one of my investigators coming up right now, Kelly. Let's see what's going on. What's up, Kelly? Well, hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a slight issue. What's the matter? Um, Spiritual or not? No, nothing like that. Okay. Uh, I don't know. 
Okay, Jason, I'm going to have to mute out for a minute. I do have a situation going on here. If you guys will come with me, I'll be back to you momentarily, okay? Not a problem. Not a problem at all. So in case y'all are wondering, uh, Kelly is actually a longtime investigator with the team, with Rob's team, and she's a seasoned investigator. Uh, Rob entrusts, of course, as senior investigators to, to manage issues there while he's doing the live show. So that's one of the reasons why she's approached. In the meantime, uh, we did have a question in the chat room that I can address. Uh, George Aguilar asked, do they know if the spirit is male or female? To which I asked him if he meant the new spirit. Um, they haven't been able to identify too much of the new spirit yet, George, but I'll pass that question on to Rob and ask if he's made any headway in that, in that manner. Uh, they are using established names, as Rob explained earlier. Uh, those, of course, they do know the genders of those spirits, but aside from the new one, not too sure. Uh, Michelle in the chat room, however, did respond that William is a little boy and Abigail is a young woman or girl. So thank you so much for that feedback there, Michelle. Oh, and uh, Callie says we do not know if it is or not. So at the time that Callie was uh, at the Ramsdale, uh, they were not able to identify uh, the gender of the new spirit as of yet. So really interesting. And once again, anybody that's listening live, if you have any questions or anything you'd like to post or other EVP questions you'd like to present uh, tonight on the show, just type them into the chat room and I'm monitoring the chat room live and I'll be sure to pass those along as well. Uh, do you want to do a shout out real quick to the chat room? We have Patricia Morales-Vasquez, George Aguilar, Michelle Halstead, Tamara Zarak, Callie Linville, and of course, Kim in the chat room. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in tonight. If you want to catch more Living Paranormal, you can find us over, of course, live as you're listening now, if you're listening live, at livingparanormal.com slash live. You can find archive copies of the show over at livingparanormal.com. Click past shows, and you'll see the complete collection of all of our past episodes, over 120 of them. Really crazy how long we've been doing this already, but it's been an absolute pleasure and joy. Uh, and uh, I said that like all completely straight-laced pleasure and joy. I mean, it's, been, it's really been awesome, guys. I love Thank you all so much for, for subscribing to us and making sure we stay on the air. Uh, but if you all want to find archive, more archive copies of the show, of course, you can search for their favorite podcast aggregator for Living Paranormal. Click subscribe. We'd love to have you here. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. Don't forget to add the word show to the end of that or we're not responsible for where it takes you to the unknown places of the interwebs, which can get dark. <laughs> but either way, either way, Rob has returned to us live. We're back at the live investigation at the Rams, the historic Ramsdale house. Yes, definitely. Okay, I did have to end up sending the flashlight we were using back down, so we will be relying on the meter for communication at this point. <clears throat> so, no problem. Now, as I mentioned, the names that I've been using, these are names that we've pulled from EVPs of spirits that we have identified here. I think for this moment, though, Mark, if you would grab that K2, I'm going to move into the bedroom. I want to see if I can get Mrs. Ramsdale to speak with us and then we'll come back and try the new one again. Um, once again, taking a nice walk through and uh, I know the listeners at home can't see this, but uh, Jason, check this Christmas tree out. That's really cool. It's a small Christmas tree, about four feet to five feet high. It's a dressed in, or yeah, I suppose you could say dressed in vintage decorations. Really cool. Really pretty. I like that. The tree skirts, even like a quilted circular uh, pattern. I like that a lot. That's really neat. Really, really cool. It's very authentic to the era. That's one thing that I love about it. Now you can hear us walking through the, uh, these older floors here. And we're going to go in here and uh, spend a little bit of time seeing if we can communicate with Mrs. Ramsey. Okay, Mark, if you would, I'm going to put you in this chair, okay? Set the meter right here on the floor. And Mrs. Ramsdale usually doesn't mind me being on the bed, so I'm going to set him in the corner of the bed. Okay. Oh. 
All right. <clears throat> Mrs. Ramsdale, if you remember, my name is Rob. This is my friend Mark. And this little box that I have has my friend Jason talking to us on it. If you are in here with us, I'm going to ask you to touch the meter and light it up so that we can communicate with you. Ms. Ramsdale, if you are here tonight, you can also speak into the little box I have in my hand. I will not be able to hear you, but Jason might. Ms. Ramsdale, Ms. Ramsdale, I told you, man, I'm tired. Miss <laughs> Ramsdale, if you are here, did you approve of Geralee cooking in your kitchen? If you did, can you please light up the meter? Is there somebody downstairs? Is there anybody in this room that would be willing to give us a sign of their presence? Could you please touch the green light and make them light up? And it has gone to a second light. Can you please take it all the way to yellow? You can use the energy from my battery pack. You can use the energy and the batteries in the device itself. Are you happy to have us here? If you are happy to have us here, can you please light up the meter? If you wish for us to leave, can you please light up the meter? Jason, do you have any questions? Not as of yet, but I do want to offer a bit of uh, a bit of a point of. Um of not so much order, but I just want to make sure that our listeners understand something. You hear Rob cough oftenly, uh, often speaking of the box, the box in his hand, the box on the floor, and when he does that, it's in it's because we're due to the fact that the spirits that he's referring to or speaking to are from another time. They're a lot older. They don't know what a K2 is. They don't know what a phone is. Now, from time to time, Rob does say K2 or meter. He does say meter. And uh, one reason he may be doing this, of course, is because he's been here so many times. He's had dialogue, essentially, uh, with these spirits, and they've already established a relationship. And he's used meter and box and has been able to establish a kind of, I guess you could call it a vocabulary. Uh, with the uh, spirits that are in the uh, in the vicinity or in the room, so he's able to go back and forth between that. Although he prefers to say box whenever possible, everyone makes mistakes, guys. But just letting y'all know, <laughs> he's not just making a mistake. He's also using established vocabulary in the area so far. Yeah, definitely. When we make first contact, when we talk to um, when we're into a new home or a new location, we definitely make sure that we detect, as I like to say, what we use. 
We want to make sure it's very plain and very simple to understand because we can be dealing with the spirit from the 1600s, 1700s. They don't know what a meter is. They don't know what a flashlight is. They don't know what a telephone is in some cases. <clears throat> Mrs. Ramsdale, if you are here, will you please give me a sign? If not, we're going to move to a different room. So could you please light up the meter for me? Mark, would you like to grab that? Yep. And we might have a little bit of background noise, but I think we might move down to the first floor to the uh, table. Now, we've done work here before, um, speaking to Captain Ramsdale. Just trying to find out where we're going to have the most type of activity coming through. And actually, you're going to hear one of the investigators with the team down here, guys, and I'm just going to be quiet and let them kind of do their job, not interrupt them, but you will be able to listen to them over the air for a few moments while we go back. Outstanding. And just letting everybody know, if you're watching this video for the first time on YouTube, you're welcome to uh, tune in and find more of our show in the audio format over at livingparanormal.com. And Patricia Morales Vasquez actually pointed something out interesting in the chat room and kind of in the form of a question. Um, do you sure. think the spirits could be tired as well? Yes, and we have done quite a bit to try to drain this room and this house as much as possible the last couple of days. But Jason, what you're going to see on the feed is you're going to see we actually have a team set up. And believe it or not, this is actually a plate of spaghetti that we presented to Mr. Ramsdale today, as well as a couple of meters and a recorder. We have several guests here with us, and I'm just going to step back and let Paula do her work. Real quick, Rob, just to let you know, in the chat room, George asked if you heard that. He said it was sound like a female O oh, or wow. Not sure if anyone in your uh, party that you have there with you said either ooh or wow. Anybody? Where did George hear this at? Was it while we were upstairs? It was when you were walking down, and Callie in the, uh, Linville in the chat room heard it as well. Excellent. Yeah, it, um, we're actually getting some meter activity right now, and I'm not close enough for it to be anything that's being – there's a flashlight. There you go, Captain. Hello, sir. Yeah, the flashlight is facing the camera right now and has just started illuminating and showing directly into the camera lens. Pleasure to see you, sir. What do you guys think of that? We did ask him a minute ago if he was tired of all the company. He's like, uh. <laughs> well, sir, we're going to let you rest a little bit after tonight. I promise you it'll be a little bit before we can come back to see you. But I appreciate you still entertaining your guests after so many years here. We are getting a slight flicker on a K2 right now. That was somebody tapping the table. All right. Let's go ahead and move into the other room, and we'll let them work their session real quick so we don't interrupt. Is there a team in the basement right now? Okay, when they come up, we might head down to the basement. I haven't got to really see where they're too much. So we're actually going to step out of the house just for a few moments. And of course, we'll be glad to field any questions you guys have 
about what we are doing here because after all we're here for your education and uh outside of just for entertainment as it were so but yeah jason this has been one of the absolute most active weekends we have had here now as i mentioned unfortunately we cannot really realistically broadcast as late as we would like to um right i'd love to have this going all night that's a dog out back (laughs) (laughs) and just to let y'all know you may be seeing uh on the youtube version of this video you may be seeing a few video artifacts right now uh it just occurred for a few minutes uh hopefully they'll be sorted out uh it's not a problem i'm actually in interest in remaining uh, keeping the stability of the video going i'll be turning off my uh my video feed to to prevent the overhead that's happening on the computer right now the strain on the broadcasting system i should call it it's really like a desktop <laughs> but the broadcasting quote unquote system uh, that's happening right now now jason what you can see right now is our actual infrared camera setup this is the screen that we get to stare at all night when we're out doing this type of activity nice is that about seven i, I see seven windows is that uh, all of them or am i missing yes a few? No, we are running seven cameras tonight. We've been running seven the entire weekend. Now, the custom system that I've built for the team will actually support up to 16 infrared cameras. And the, the so right now, it's essentially what people think of when they see a security uh, uh, monitor. You have uh, nine squares, seven of which are being populated with live streaming video. The remaining two say no signal. Uh, is this software that you downloaded from the Internet? Did it come with the camera system? Where did you get the software from? I actually purchased the, the uh, card it's a PCIe card that's used for home security setups. The software did come with it. Now, ironically, there are some really nice um, English words on here, <laughs> some really almost comical misspellings. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but that's of kind of what it's associated to. Right. But you can actually see we have the entire house right now illuminated with infrared light. You can see the rooms that we were in, places that we've walked, and we have these recording nonstop once the system is set up. The beautiful thing is it not only captures the video, but also the audio coming from these rooms, because each one of these mics has a, a um, each one of these cameras, I should say, it has a mic actually attached to it. No, they're not paused. They're just not moving much. <laughs> Yeah, that center camera. Uh, in the center camera, we're seeing about three people sitting around a the table. They are near motionless. Cause, oh, there we go. You have some movement. One of the guy in the foreground. And I'll actually show you the downstairs camera right now. We do have people in the basement. I can zoom in on each individual camera. I do have the speakers turned off right now due to feedback from the walkie-talkies. However, we do review this audio at a later time. We also have in with the main chair right now in the uh, dining room. The area that we were coming to you from before, Jason, is actually this camera setup, and you can see how well the room looks with it. The hallway that we walk down is here. I'm sorry, not there. It's here. Right. And we used to get a, we, what he's doing is clicking on each individual frame of the uh, security camera. It blows it up to the full screen. It's a really nice setup, guys. So if you have the, the cheddar, the money, the means to make this happen, this is a great way to do it. This particular camera I like. It's right beside the bathroom. We call this wedgie cam because we catch a lot of wedgies on this particular camera. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> Look at the angle. I'm just saying. Yeah, the camera is pointing down. It's really interesting. <laughs> really, really interesting. Actually, 
the reason this camera is here is we've actually had activity in this room, uh, including the camera getting knocked off the shelf. Nice. Very nice. So is this camera on a tripod or is it just, you said, you mentioned shelf. Is it just sitting on a shelf? This is actually mounted on a, um, it's taped to the kitchen counter. <clears throat> Interesting. The duct tape? Actually, we use painter's tape. Painter's tape, tape does not leave a residue and it will not pull paint up. It, you know, so we can actually tape onto just about any surface. Nice. Another common tape that we use is what's called gaffer's tape. And gaffer's tape is what's used in concert venues to actually tape down and securely hold um, the cabling that runs along the floors. And we use this in wood areas that's not finished, so we don't have to worry about damaging any of the uh, carpets or anything that's got a high gloss to it. Very nice. We actually have another uh, uh, question from the chat room here, Rob. Uh, Kim asks, during the time you've already been there, who have you had the most contact with, and have there been multiple interactions in one room? So far, it has been with Captain Ramsdell during dinner, believe it or not. Um, he was very thrilled that we included him in our little dinner party. The four of us sat there and ate dinner with him. And we actually served him a dish of spaghetti with uh, some garlic bread and uh, a nice little vegetable tray. And we've also offered him a cigar because we did learn through some old photographs he was a cigar smoker. And he really seemed to appreciate that we put the effort into recognizing him as being a part of the household. Nice. And if you had multiple interactions in one room, by that I imagine she means multiple spirits in one room, or do they seem to not, combine not, themselves? Now, we, have, we did have last night, um, especially in the room that, that Mark and uh, Geraldine and I started in, we had both William and Abigail speaking to us there, as well as the unknown entity that has just recently shown up. And you're looking right now, uh, the video is pointing towards the, still pointing towards the monitor screen. A uh, question for you, where is all of this set up? Where's your central quote unquote station set up at right now? We actually set up on the back porch. Um, I believe in keeping the base station and I'll show you Jason as I stand up, if I can do it without ripping out my battery pack. Um, <clears throat> we try to keep our main base station as far out of the main mix as possible. You can see Mark, when we do get this uploaded to YouTube setting here with me, Hey, Mark. um, but this gives us the ability to talk and maneuver without our voices completely lapping over the camera system. You also notice we have a second monitor set up on the other side for our guests, so they can see what's going on in the house when they're taking a break. And what's the temperature like right now? And I'm going to ask that for a specific reason. Is it warm? Is it cool? What is it like right now? Kind of cool. Yes. I'm, going to, I'm going to guess somewhere in the 50s right now would be a... Okay. An accurate guess. First off, I'm jealous. Secondly, because <laughs> that's nice. Uh, secondly, the reason I ask is because you know how the sound travels better typically through cooler air, and I was wondering how far your voice is carrying right now. Are you possibly interfering with other EVP sessions that are going on? There may be some overlap, yes. Um, okay, but sure. I, did make the, I did make the guests and the investigators aware that this was going to be going on tonight. Um, after we go off the air, we'll be under a more silent type setup. But Jason, I don't know if you've noticed yet or not, but the gamer in me is still nice and alive. Yes, I have illuminated fans. I see that. I see that. The 90s are indeed alive and well in your computer system. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I do the same thing, though. <laughs> so it's okay. You can yeah. be forgiven. Uh, nice, nice. Uh, another question from Kim was, are all the spirits related within the home? We're not sure. We have some indication that possibly they are. However, we haven't really been able to narrow a lot of it down, even... Um, through uh, genealogy sites that we use. So we're trying still to locate and isolate where some of these spirits came from 
and more importantly, you know, why they feel like they still need to be here. Now I'm switching back over, Jason, to, to the main feed on main. Um, if my phone actually will cooperate, there it is. Um, <clears throat> honestly, that you know, there's so much we still have to learn from this location. There's so much that we still need to discover and find out. Um, some of the rumors that we've had, and I will be switching the camera back around for this, um, but some of the rumors that we have found is this property that we have here on the bottom, down here on the ground. I don't know. Can you see this yet? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. So the camera's okay. pointing over the edge of the porch or patio uh, towards the ground itself, towards the grounds, I should say. It's believed that this is actually the top of an Adena burial mound, and you can actually see in the distance cars parked below. Oh, now, the Adena were the native Indian tribes of this area, the Native American tribes that lived here. It's also believed, and this is mostly rumor and conjecture at this point, but it's also believed that at um, the time of their death, both Captain and Mrs. Ramsdale were buried on this property. Now, we have not been able to verify this information. We do know that the bodies of three Confederate soldiers were found here, and they were removed and sent to a centralized location, a place where they could have some, the privacy that they've deserved. Interesting. Now, you can actually hear right now the guests are coming out of the basement, so I think that's where Mark and I are getting ready to go. Okay. So, Mark, grab the meeting, please. So, will it we'll just head be, down there real quick. Will it be just you and Mark going on this particular uh, yeah. venture? Okay. Just Mark and I are going to go down on this run as soon as our guest comes up. Now, you, you should see some people coming up the steps right now, Jason. Yes, we do. Hi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> you guys are on international radio. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty quiet down there again. How, how large is that basement? It's very small. Um, it, this section we're going into is sectioned off from the main basement where the tunnel used to be. Now, when you say tunnel, <laughs> the reason you're referring to tunnels because this was actually a stop on the Underground Railroad. Is that right? Correct. Correct. There was a tunnel that went from the basement through the backyard actually to the riverbank. And during the nighttime, now, of course, back then the river was significantly smaller than it is these days. Um, dams had been built, hydro plants, et cetera, et cetera. But during these times, there were times when the water was actually low enough that you could easily walk across during a low or dry spell. But when the water was higher, they would actually ferry them across, uh, the escapees across through, um, you know, through the waters. So we're getting ready to walk into the basement now. Mark, you'll pull this to behind you when you come in, please. Okay, now this is your basic generic basement from what it looks. Smells musty and it's also not very height friendly, I might add. Oh, Robert, just to let you know, you may now, not be careful about where you're sitting right now because depending on where it is, you may lose your internet connection a bit. You're starting to pixelate a little and break up slightly. Um, also, okay. uh, Kim has a question for you. She says, my favorite question, what's the scariest interaction with anyone there at this location and whether this visit or any other time you've been? And Callie said, tell Rob to talk about the side room in connection with Kim's question. Excellent. I can definitely do that. Well, I think this, the most scared I've ever seen one of the guests was actually here in this basement. Now, you're going to see we're in a blackout condition right now. Um, and it's dark. This is as dark as you get. Okay. But, <clears throat> yeah, we have been getting a couple spikes in here. If you want to, Mark, let's set the meter right here on the... Okay. Now, what Rob's referring to is when the lights are off, all you can see are the small LED lights on the on the meters and right now it's going from two to three you're going to yellow right now already 
What's that next to? Is that next to any electrical lines or anything like that? It is, and that's what I'm wondering. Um, kill the switch. Put that switch right there. Let's pull the meter back and put more seat. Let's move it back towards. I think it's getting it from the heater. Yeah. yeah. Which it normally does not do, but I'm not sure why it's being so sensitive and touch. Well, maybe not. <clears throat> yeah, now completely died out over there. But yeah, the uh, I think the most scared that I've ever seen anybody in this basement, we had a young girl that came here, and there's a spirit down here by the name of William. William is a little boy. We're not sure if he was a uh, escaped slave that passed away here or somehow related to the family, but William likes to hug people. He's a very friendly child. Well, this poor young girl didn't weigh probably 85, 90 pounds, soaking wet. Aww. Felt two tiny arms wrap around her waist from behind and squeeze her. She jumped like she had rocket boots, oh, turned, no. turned into Marshawn Lynch and tried to run me over. <laughs> Scared her to death. But that's what William, and we're actually getting some spikes over here in his hand. This is not almost a red spot from that there. field, by the way. Can you illuminate the area with your uh, with your light real quick? Okay. You see, we are dead center. Yeah. Nothing here that should be causing that type of what's above, spike. What's above the meter? Above the meter is just some air conduit. Ceiling. Okay, cool. Thank you. William, if that's you, can you light that up and keep it solid to red, please? All the way to red. Walt, if that is you, could you light that all the way to red, please? It's died down to one light now for everyone that's listening. If there's anybody else here with us, can you please light that up to red? And it's completely stopped. Like it didn't like it stopping for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's what we call floating a, a moving electromagnetic field, and that's not something that is normally found in buildings. Most, most of these fields are static. Comment from the chat room. I see Rob has gone with the super technical K2 on top of the plastic bucket, laughing out loud. <laughs> that was, of course, from George. <laughs> Tell George I'm cutting his pay in half. <laughs> now, the side room, and by the way, just so you guys know who Callie is, <clears throat> Callie is our newest member. She just got her shirt last night. She just joined us as her uh, probationary period begins, but she's a fantastic little investigator. 16 years old and full of vinegar. She's wonderful. Love her to death. Awesome. Congratulations on being part of the team, Kelly. Rob. Look at that die. Uh, it seems like every time you start talking about Kelly, this thing starts to light up. <laughs> Look at that, Jason. Oh, he's right. Yeah. Every time you mention Kelly, it goes from one light to three. It spikes every once in a while. Callie. Are you wanting to see Callie again? If you are, can you please light it back to yellow? I don't think it wants the attention right on it, though. Michelle from That's got to be William. Michelle from the chat room said, my knees were shaking like crazy for no reason while I was there last night. There we go. Back to yellow again. Yeah, back and yeah, they actually were. She, um, she had some very interesting personal experiences while she was here. 
Um, <clears throat> the feeling in this place, literally the energy in this, this house changed several times last night while we were here. But the side room that Callie is referring to is what would be considered a birthing room. And um, even I'm not real comfortable going into that room, to just be honest. It has a very, very strange, very heavy feel to it. And you see the meter even actually died down when we started talking about the side room. Why do you call it a birthing room? Um, it's believed that was the room that was used for maternity. Interesting. And it's funny that the ladies, whenever we discuss any young ladies, it's usually when the meter, like right now, that the meter starts going up, almost <laughs> like a voice meter. That thing's acting like a voice meter. Every time we talk about the women and the young women that have been there, it hits yellow. Perfect. Look at that. That's awesome. And I'm sorry, everybody, to say look at that for radio, but it's, it's perfect. Just imagine, <laughs> imagine a K2 meter acting like a voice meter. Every time I would speak about one of the ladies, it just spikes to yellow just perfectly, like right now. But when we're talking about anything else, it stays down into the green. Yeah, we mentioned birthing room. When we're talking about the birthing room on the side, it dies down. Look, it's barely peaking too now. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. But you mentioned Callie or any of the other yeah. girls. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We mentioned Callie. Say Callie. Uh, that, like just in the chat room, Patricia Morales Vasquez says, Ooh, Callie, they miss you. They do. Look at that. It is lighting up. That's excellent. That's excellent. Hey, uh, Kim asks you if you could say her name and see if it lights up. That might be a little bit dangerous. My ex-wife has this same name. Oh, yeah, that's true. She's not here. Oh, we can do it. Kim. It's orange. Yeah, it's still orange. Yeah, it's or yellow. It is lighting up, though. Mark. That's got to be William because he's starting to play. Now, we've had a history of William doing stuff like this. When he realizes we're paying attention to what he does, he starts playing games. Now, Mark, are you holding that meter steady or are you moving that around the room a bit? Oh, he's no, he's still holding it steady. So the motion you're seeing on camera, if you're looking at this on YouTube, is just Rob uh, moving around the the camera. That's neat. And it has completely died now. Callie says, now I wish I was there. Look, it died down until I said Callie. That's so awesome. (laughs) Well, Callie, you know you've got friends here at Ramsdale outside of your teammates, just for the record. Now, Jason, I'm going to give you a quick look around because this is actually not the original basement. This basement is a part of an attachment that was made when they built on to the first floor. Through this small hole that you should be able to see on the camera lens right here where the metal piping goes through. Right. That's the original basement, and it is completely sealed off. Now, the tunnel was underneath that part of the house and actually ran under the ground here and all the way to the river. Interesting, interesting. So uh, Rob pointed up and to the left and showed us the uh, what is almost the underside of the home with the pipe that leads into the original basement. He then moved the camera down towards what is the doorway, the entryway into the home, into the basement, excuse me, where he's currently at now, referring to the tunnel going to the river. And that K2 meter is a voice meter officially right now. So that's wild. I love that. Jerry just joined us down here, and yeah, Jerry, come on here with beside me, please. Jerry, you kind of you kind of freaked me out. I'm just going to say right now, I did not expect a, a shadow to be in that doorway. I was like, shadow, I haven't looked yet. <laughs> oh, you brought me energy. God love you, woman. And a Gatorade. You're so good to me. Thank you, baby. The sounds you're hearing right now. Actually, <laughs> I'll get that from you in a minute. Rob so fumbling right now, with the phone right now. 
Okay. But anyway, as we've been seeing still, anytime that we have a mention of a female name, we're getting activity. Um, and actually, I said female name, and we got a little spike. <laughs> you know? So I do think that we actually have the honor of talking to William right now. Yeah, what do um, we do? William, do a bit of an EVP session if you, if you could. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to. So, Oh, look at that. Okay, William, I'm hoping this is you. If you remember correctly, my name is Rob. I've been down here many times to talk to you before, little buddy. I've got Jerry Lee with me, as well as my friend Mark. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different for me, and I've got some candy for you if you do it, okay? Sound like a deal? Yeah, he's trying to get red. Look at that. There it is. He went red. Beautiful. Okay, William, I want you to lean in and I want you to say something into this lighted box that I have in my hand. Just remember, you have to speak loudly, clearly, and slowly for them to be able to hear you. I'm going to go ahead and give you a few seconds. Okay. First things first, Jerry, can you ask them to quiet down a little bit on the top up there, please? We got some voice bleed over. Just for everybody listening right now, the lights are three solid lights with an occasional fourth light red flashing. Okay, William, now that we've got it quiet enough, we'll be able to hear you. So please, if you could, <clears throat> I want you to say hello to my friend Jason. Jason's talking to me through this little box. I'll give you to the, about five seconds to say hi, Jason. Now, William, Callie is listening, too. Would you like to say hi to Callie? If so, just say hi into my hand. Now, I do want to give a warning to the listeners right now. The area that I'm in has another spirit here by the name of Walt. If you guys hear any cuss words, please forgive us. We really don't have control over him. <laughs> Yeah, he backed off as soon as I mentioned Walt's name. Yeah, um, well, by the way, just to let you know from the chat room, Callie said, tell William I said hello. So, uh, William, Callie says hello. The K2 meter has gone down to one light, flickering two lights. As soon as you mentioned Walt, it went down to one light and uh, flickering on the second. Callie said that William, uh, Callie said he touched me last night. I'm assuming William. Um, I think it was Walt that touched her inappropriately. Yeah, Walt actually touched the inside of her life. Oh, she said Walt did. Okay, yes. Thank yeah. you, Callie, for Walt, clarifying. We, we have issues sometimes with Walt. Um, <clears throat> you see, the, it went to one light now that we're talking about Walt. Um, Walt and I get along great. He is more of a chauvinistic type person. And I mean that respectfully, of course, Walt, if you're listening, I'm not calling you out on anything, but that's just the time that he's from. And it was not uncommon for older men to have younger teenage girlfriends as well as consorts back in those days. So that actually kind of falls into the time frame. Now, William, if you're still here, can you give us a big light up here, buddy? And we'll have Callie come back to see you soon. Can you do that for me? 
George asked, what was that sound? Like someone shaking something. We have people walking upstairs. Yes, we're actually under the back porch right now. Oh, okay. I don't no, think it's you. I think it was I the mention of Walt. Yeah, you have a meter that has not moved. That went from high activity, three to three kind of four lights, back down to one with the mention of a single entity's name. That's really interesting. Now we're back to almost spiking three on a regular basis. But <clears throat> this is how activity has been. And I can tell you the later that we go, definitely you're going to see different and more types of activity. Now, Jason, I may do a couple of lives through Facebook from here tonight. And if I do, I will be posting those on not only my personal page and my team page, but also the Living Paranormal page. So you guys can actually get a feel of what we're seeing and feeling here. And that sound you're hearing is someone flushed, just for the record. Yeah, let's just let the pipes leaking. Yeah. <laughs> <For the> record. <laughs> hey, uh, Kim from the chat room asks, does Walt not like you guys there? Um, Walt, do you have a problem with us being down here? If you do, light that all the way to red. Walt, if you're okay with us being here, can you light it all the way to red? Perhaps he doesn't give a damn. <laughs> Walt, if you don't care if we're here or not, can you light it all the way to red? Wow. <laughs> he just dropped right off the face of the earth with that one. Look at that. Callie mentioned in the in the uh, chat room. Oh, yeah, look at that. It's lighting up to three lights now. Uh, Callie mentioned it made William mad when you said Walt touched me inappropriately. It may have. It actually may have. I think William has a crush on Callie. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised about it. Look at there. We just got three lights. <laughs> William, do you have a crush on Callie? If you do, it's okay, but light that meter up and let me know we're right. Do you have a crush on Callie? Do you like Callie? William, do you want candy? I think we embarrassed him. William can be a little bit bashful. Come on back, William. It's okay. We're not making fun of you, buddy. There you go. We're back up to three lights now. Jason, what do you think of this? I think it's pretty neat. I really like it. You're back up to three lights, dimming a little bit to two, but three. Oh, now one. Uh, Callie, <laughs> said, <coughs> Callie said, uh, great, <laughs> when you mentioned that William might have a bit of a crush on her. And that went back to three lights. Now, just to let you know, <clears throat> William, if you heard me, she, if you heard me refer to, to her comment as great, she said she wrote that down. I can't tell if she's saying great or great. So uh, that's my inflection, not hers. Uh, I cannot tell you whether she returns that or is happy or what have you. Just let, passing along the Let's message. Fill the meter, Jason. 
Don't kill the. I know. I, I said don't kill the messenger, and he, he killed the meter. It's down to one. There is no activity now. I am so sorry, William. Uh, Patricia Molares Vasquez though said, uh, "Poor baby." Yeah. Okay, I tell you what, William. We're going to go back upstairs for a little bit and let you rest, and we'll be back down to talk a little bit later. Okay. Before everyone goes, William Callie said she's happy about it, so that's a good thing. She's happy about the possible crush that you may have on her. Just to let you know before everyone goes. And he's embarrassed. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and start moving back up, guys. Have you guys done the dining room yet? Uh, no. Yeah. We walked through it, and there was some activity going on when we came through it. And okay. just to let you know, Rob, yeah. it is the halfway mark. But go ahead. I'll let, you, I'll let uh, uh, Charlie finish. I apologize, Charlie, for interrupting. Well, it said that Mrs. Ramsdale's in the dining room, and somebody else is making it cold in there. Oh, really? Well, let's go check it out. But you guys are at the halfway mark with livingparanormal.com. That's right, guys. If you're listening to us live, you're at one of two locations. You're either at www.livingparanormal.com forward slash live. Actually, this is the only location for tonight's special broadcast. You can also find us at livingparanormal.com. Come back and look at the archives. You can hear the past investigations that we've done here as well. Jason, where else can they find us? If you want to find other archive copies of the show and you want to subscribe to them, all you have to do is type in Living Paranormal to your favorite podcast aggregator, whether it be iTunes, G Potter, iPotter, something, Potter, any kind of uh, podcasting software. You can just search for Living Paranormal and you will find us there. Hit subscribe and you will get these delivered to you as soon as they are published. Uh, live investigations, of course, are only heard at livingparanormal.com slash live and occasionally, uh, of course, well, the special live investigations, I should say, because we do simulcast uh, our standard shows uh, on uh, freedomrocksradio.com as well uh, during our standard shows. Uh, however, if you want to find out more information about us, you can find our Facebook page over at facebook.com slash show. Don't forget to add the word show at the end of that. Otherwise, we're not responsible for where you end up. Uh, tonight's show, for instance, was posted on Facebook. We let everybody know the investigation is live and ongoing and is currently <laughs> underway. Uh, just a reminder, everybody, if you want to post a question during any of the EVP sessions, if you have any other further questions, like the great ones we've had tonight, feel free to post them in the chat room. We'll be happy to pass those questions along to the spirits or the investigators, whomever they should apply to, or perhaps even both. And uh, it's been a great night so far. We've had a lot of uh, activity on the K2 meters. We've had, uh, we've even heard footsteps at the very beginning. We, the investigators went to check out the room. And uh, really, really great. And uh, Callie asked, what will the video be under on YouTube? We actually have a YouTube uh, channel. Living Paranormal is on YouTube. We do have a few videos up there of some of our past shows with some of the guests that have been able to be on Skype with us on a video chat. And uh, you'll see that there. Uh, there are plans underway as soon as I get them done to have another show uh, based on videos, debunking videos. So wait for that to happen hopefully soon. Uh, and uh, so you can find us over at Living Paranormal on YouTube as well. A good little supplementary for the show for those fans out there. If you have any questions for us during the uh, when, when we're not on the air, you can email us over at contact at livingparanormal.com. All right. Jason, just to let you know what just happened, um, I had a strange energy wave rush through me when we were getting ready to walk out of there. I got very dizzy. I almost actually fell sideways out of my chair. I've not had this happen before. I'm upstairs right now. Jerry actually had to help me up out of the chair and into here. Now, we do have a session going on, so I'm trying not to be too loud for them, but I've not experienced that here before. So that was a little new. My ears are ringing like crazy. 
I'm going to prop up over here in the corner for a sec. Yeah, the video's a bit unsteady right now. Be careful there, man. That's my hand shaking. <laughs> I felt like I got hit right in the forehead. I, mean, I literally felt like somebody just punched me right in the head. I got very dizzy. So I'm going to take a fiver while they're taking a team upstairs as well as one on the main floor. And uh, we can talk a little bit about other things, but I've got to get my feet back about me real quick. Okay. Now, guys, listening in, this is the type of stuff that we actually do run into. There are real dangers associated with what we do. Now, Kelly, can you come in here just for one second so I can talk to you away from the guests for a moment? Callie actually mentioned in the chat room that, she, that we felt dizzy in the doll room last night badly. Yeah. Okay. And now, this is kind of a behind-the-scenes listen um, to what the top investigators will say and talk about. Patty asked if it could be Walt doing that. Possibly. Wouldn't surprise me. So. And they're talking right now. Okay. I just had a, a strange experience in the basement, mm -hmm. Kel. Um, when I went to get up, it literally felt like mm -hmm. something smacked me in the head. I mean, like punched hit me. Right. I'm dizzy and lightheaded. My ears are currently ringing. So next time we go down into the basement, be on a little bit of guard going in there. I think Walt might have got a little ticked off at us. Walt, no, Walt we, being Walt. Well, the thing is that we actually had a group down there and we had no activity whatsoever. We had good activity down there just now. So. And not to mention, you're the familiar. You yes. took a person down there that was not familiar also. That's probably why you were affected. And got more. smacked in the head. Exactly. Well, Walt and I go way back anyway. Yeah. So, But anyway, just kind of keep on your guard with him, okay? Uh, just to let you know, Rob, George took me aside and said that uh, when you were trying to get up, uh, he heard a strange sound. He wasn't sure. He couldn't characterize the sound completely, but he may have heard something. So when you're doing your little evidence review, little evidence review, sorry, when you're doing your evidence review, you may want to check that out. And listeners for the show. If you're watching this on YouTube, rewind it. That wasn't too long ago. See if you heard anything. Yeah. But I'm going to sit down and get my feet. Yeah, please take Joey down. All right. All right. So we're going to send another team down. I'm going to take a fiver and get my feet back under me after that happened. And I say YouTube, um, but even I the podcast not. listeners, if you're listening to this on your podcast uh, device, rewind a little bit. See if you heard All anything. Right. <sighs> All right. We are back at the base camp, Jason. Sorry about this. Um, no problem. As you know, there are certain inherent things that can happen with the, these types of investigations, and one of them just did. Occupational um, hazard. We, we, we sign in for this when we agree to do this type of work. Um, this is stuff that we are very fully aware can happen and um, are very fully prepared to do, and I'm just glad it was me instead of somebody else. Absolutely. So, but right now on the porch, Mark and I are both setting out here. Jerry Lee's actually going in for a moment as well to the first floor. We're going to let the basement settle a little bit. Now, this is the camera point for the basement where we were sitting. Uh, we've got this up so you can see it, Jason. Right. He's back again looking at the main screen where you monitor all the feeds right now. He's uh, pointing towards the screen, and what you would see on there, if you're able to see this, would be an uh, overview of the three chairs, just essentially exactly where they were sitting right now. Now, there are three chairs sitting there in a uh, kind of a half circle, but Rob, it looks like something's on that chair on the far right. What is that? Is that something on the chair itself? 
What's that now? I'm sorry. We have a train going out back. That's nope. It's kind of hard to hear. No problem. I was asking, what's the? Does one of the chairs have something on it? What is that? That's a uh, teddy bear. Uh, trigger device? Yeah. Actually, a lot of the guests that come will bring things like candy and toys for William. William is kind of the household favorite. Um, when we went down there on Friday, we actually found that teddy bear in a corner. And, of course, we picked it up. We dusted it off. And we put it back up for William so he would have to play with. Also on that plastic bucket is a small plastic toy tractor that he does sometimes move. And we have caught it moving before on um, with our eyes, not on feed, unfortunately. Nice. So that's why we started recording nonstop in the basement, hoping to catch it an, uh, another time. Uh, do you mark feeling, it up? Do you mark I'm it down? better now that I'm out of there. That was weird. Do you mark it down whenever you do the tractor or when you put the tractor down? Um, yes, we have in the past. Now, we didn't tonight, but that is something that historically we do. We try to have markers for basically everything that can or historically has moved. Uh, Patricia asks, has Walt ever done that before? If indeed it was Walt. No, not, not to me, no. Um, but then again, Walt can be a little bit of a strong presence as well. I also right now can't rule out it's the new entity that has been roaming through the house that may be trying to assert some level of authority. And tell us a little bit so, about that, if you could. What do you mean by new entity? What made you think there was a new entity? And what has this uh, new entity done uh, to make itself known in any way? Well, a lot of what it's done has been heavy feelings. Kelly actually got pushed when she was trying to get up last night um, in the doll room. She actually felt a pressure to her chest while she was in there as well. Um, this spirit has identified through a flashlight session as well as a K2 meter that it is not a spirit that we have talked to or worked with here before. Yeah. Flashlight's going crazy, by the way, in the uh, dining room right now. So they're having a great session up here. But <clears throat> whatever this spirit is, it's a new unknown to the house. Unfortunately, unlike a lot of the things that you see on television, we don't get easy answers very often. It's going to take a lot of research and repeated investigations here for us to identify what the spirit is, if the spirit does intend to stay here. Um, take care of ourselves of course and we hope it never comes to that but it has has happened could it be possible that one of the current spirits is changing the manner in which it interacts with you it's always a possibility and spirits are notoriously known for telling you uh falsehoods from time to time um that is something that we're going to explore yeah that is unusual for mrs ramsdale to be downstairs she may have been forced in. Now, at the beginning of the of the time in which you were sitting at the command station, you had actually shown the uh, security camera before, and uh, there were three investigators. They're now starting to stand up and leave that area. Uh, yes. Well, those investigators were perfectly still uh, for a very hey, long time. You, you know, it's it's almost comical. That happens with our guests more than it does the seasoned investigators because they're on such high alert. They don't know what to expect. We know what type of things will happen on an investigation. So usually our guests are almost, I don't want to use the term afraid to move, but they're very leery of it because they're not sure what will happen because they change position. So we actually get what looks like statues a lot of the time on these feats. Yeah, that was wild. I was noticing that. I was wondering if they were guests or seasoned investigators. That's really neat. They were guests. So what room uh, were they seated in? They, uh, at the picture that we saw right now, they were actually seated around the dining room table. 
this is where um, we were sitting earlier talking to uh, the captain. Um, according to the flashlight session, Mrs. Ramsdale had to come downstairs, which once again is very unusual for her. Um, we had a rumor actually come to our attention yesterday that uh, later in her life, Mrs. Ramsdale actually had developed a form of dementia, possibly Alzheimer's. And when Captain Ramsdale would have to leave to take care of his uh, manufacturing plants and his duties as a senator and everything else, he would actually lock her in one of the upstairs rooms with a window so she could look out and watch for him to return. Oh, wow. She developed a habit of trying to run away. Wow, that's wild. Though the window in the room itself was it also secured externally or for safety reasons? Do you know offhand, or yeah. do you know if that room yeah. that window's hard to? We believe, leave? we believe so. Yeah, and we actually have hypothesized it's the room that's now marked "Do Not Enter" because that is the smallest room. It also could have been the uh, room with the Christmas tree. We're not sure. It has two doors, and both can be locked. Now, the room that's marked "Do Not Enter." Who marked it? Do not enter. That was marked by the staff that actually manages this location. Why they did that? that because, first of all, there's a lot of supplies in there. The door won't even completely open. But we don't know historically what that room actually was used for. Very interesting. Now, when you guys are watching this on YouTube, when we do do the upload, you'll see a lot of flashing little lights going in front of these cameras. These are what we call dust orbs. It's actually a reflection of the light off the surface of little specks of dust. We get a lot of these with people claiming that they're spirits in the home. And honestly, it's one of the few things we can take care of with some pledge. <laughs> That's true, though, man. A lot of people will often do that. And it's so hard but when people say that there's orbs and they capture orbs in historic places like this. You really got to take that into consideration. Especially when you have a high traffic area with a lot of human beings go through going through that area, that's a lot yes. of dust generated very easily. So yeah, I'd be very well, contrary, contrary to popular belief too. Seeing dust orbs in your home is actually a sign that your house is relatively clean. Dust will cling to itself. If you get a surface of dust, it's very hard to get it stirred up without actually brushing through it. If you walk through a room and it does stir up loose dust that's laying around, it means that it's been cleaned recently. That's hilarious. George in the chat room just said, get thee behind me, dust bunnies. <laughs> George, you just got your payback. <laughs> I like that. Now, uh, now you did say that it's, it's, uh, these orbs are, are primarily dust. What, under what circumstances within this situation, within this location, would you ever consider a, uh, a, 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 a item to be an orb or an orb to be paranormal what would it have to do to really convince you that it may be a paranormal uh, instance first and foremost it would have to be visible to the naked eye true orbs are balls of energy that actually freely move in about and around places in 31 years i've seen one if that gives you an idea of how rare they actually are in these types of situations right. Number two, it's going to have a completely and totally independent flight pattern. It's not going to follow the natural air currents in a room. Number three, I'll be honest with you, it's going to have to do something spectacular. It's going to have to tap dance for me. <laughs> no, I understand. I'm just being honest. I do not count them as credible evidence because orbs can be naturally occurring. Right. And I've said many times, just because you see an orb in a haunted location, it's not proof of, of a haunting. No more than seeing a tree in a haunted location. It's also a natural phenomenon. That doesn't mean where every tree is that there's a spirit. 
So normally we're going to have to have something to back this up, a corroborating evidence. We're going to need an EVP. We're going to need meter hits. We're going to need something being moved in the general area. We're going to need phantom voices. We need something to show that this is not of natural origin before I would even consider looking at it outside of a random energy release. Right. Or as uh, Patricia Morales-Vazquez says, dust bunnies be gone. So, yeah, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) I like that. I love our chat room. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I don't thank everybody as well that's actually participating in the chat room tonight. Y'all have been wonderful. Y'all have been great. Uh, we actually have, of course, in the chat room right now, myself monitoring the chat, along with George, who's still also sitting in studio with us tonight. Uh, we also have Michelle Halstead. We have Callie Linville, who are both on location previously. We have Mark Lewis Atkins, Tamara Zorak and uh, Kim in the chat room tonight. So thank you all so much for being here, being a part of the live investigation. And I have to say, Rob, this investigation specifically, I think, has been instrumental in showing what a true investigation really is like and what it look, what it really looks like, at least. Because I know it's not going to be exact. We have to entertain. We have to uh, you know, continue the back-and-forth banter. Usually they're a lot more quiet than this. But other than that, yeah. What are you pointing out now? Rob is actually pointing at the. We actually camera. just had a motion detector go active in an empty room. That's the same one that went active. No, this is in the the mirror room. The one that went active upstairs at the top of the stairwell. No, 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 I didn't talk about the one that was active because I wasn't sure if we set it off and we were walking back through. But when we went back into the main room, the, there was a hit on that on this one. Hold on one second. Face to Kelly. After you guys left that room, we actually had a motion detector go off in the mirror room. Were you guys in there for any length of time? Um, I didn't see you actually pass in front of the camera. Yeah, we were in the foyer. We're back in the bedroom as of right now. now. I didn't see anybody in the room, though, when that activated. That was why I was questioning. I think you guys had already passed through and had gone out. But thanks for the tip. We'll uh, note it. Yeah, I see them down, but um, like I said, there was nobody in that room when it went active. It was completely out. Could it be reacting to the mirror, movement in the mirror? Right, mm-hmm, probably not. I, I've never seen a motion detector go off from a reflection. That's actually a very interesting point to make. Motion detectors going off from reflections. Uh, I... Uh, what was I about to say? I was about to say something. It was entertaining. It was illuminating. It was life-changing. And I that would be a first. I forgot. From you, that would be a first. Yeah, either of those things, it would be a first. What the heck was I going to say? Oh, uh, those of you Were that you gonna uh, provided... to tune in to your uh, personal Facebook page and listen to your amazing rendition of Creep? <laughs> yes, perhaps I will. But I just remember what I want to say, and I want to get this out of the, uh, out real quick before I forget it again. Uh, for those of you that uh, are listening right now to the live feed, I am I am extremely optimistic, about 90% sure that we're going to get this on YouTube. Man, I hope so. It's been a great video uh, so far, so I'm going to try to get this up on YouTube. Uh, when we can, and uh, it's but it looks to be so good so far, so good. So, uh, Callie says the mirror room is also where we smelled the spearmint last night. That's right. Yeah, it was. <coughs> Do we still have that K two meter right here, Mark? Oh, they took it upstairs. Okay. So I'm wanting to get back in the basement again. 
And if anybody hears anything as far as EVPs, because we have had several guests who are listening to the show after the fact, pick up on the EVPs, you are welcome to write those, uh, write those into us. Uh, you can either send it to contact to livingparanormal.com or go to livingparanormal.com and click on about us. Scroll to the bottom. We have a form you can fill out there with all the fields uh, included and just uh, clickety clack, hit enter, send it over to us and we'll get that information right away. All right. Here's what we're going to do, Jason. I'm going to take um, the other two people that have been on here with me before, Mark and Jerry, are going to come with me. We have one of our other guests that are going to be joining us in the basement tonight. Would you care to tell our listeners your name, please? Hello, I'm Gina. Hi, so, Gina. Gina will be joining us downstairs. We're going to go back into the basement. Now, I don't even have a meter at this point. Unfortunately, it was uh, kidnapped and taken upstairs with a guest, but I'm good with that. I am, however, taking my digital thermometer, and we'll see if we can get any temperature drops. Um, for the record, Jason, just so you know, we're sitting right now currently at 63 degrees. 63. Don't forget to take that reading again when you get to the basement, though, because it can get yes. colder. Definitely will. Now, my history as an investigator, I'm kind of known for doing this. If I get hit in an area or something happens to me in an area, I immediately go back in there. And that's what I'm doing right now. Would you recommend that every investigator do that, that that's a good attitude to have? It is if you're experienced enough to know how to protect and defend yourself. Um, if you're unsure about an area at any time, it's always best to stay away from that. Is Jerry Lee staying up there at the base? Okay, come on. All right. So we're going to go back in here and see if we can find out what's going on with William and Walt and why somebody decided to slap me in the head and thought it would be a good idea. Tamara yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell Tamara that it was not Jerry Lee hitting me this time. <laughs> Can't promise about other incidents. <laughs> also, to let you know, uh, George says I usually I usually do the same thing if I get hit on a location. Hit on in a location. Excuse me. I just got dizzy again. Oh, something down here doesn't like me tonight. <laughs> Is anyone else feeling dizzy okay. with the possibility of maybe even a gas leak or anything of that nature? How's everybody? Everybody else, else seems to be perfectly fine and perfectly balanced. I seem to be the only one that has uh, the legs of a new giraffe all of a sudden. Tamara said laugh out loud in regards to you getting hit in the head, by the way. Um, that was up there. And it got knocked down when we came down. Oh, did it? Okay. William, your toy is back up there. This is the little tractor that we told you about, Jason, that we put here for William. And here's the teddy bear you saw on the chair. Is that a plastic tractor or a metal? <laughs> it's plastic. Okay, so he's pointing to a green bucket that's turned upside down. He has a small plastic tractor sitting on it, and now there's a teddy bear sitting next to it. It's a small gray teddy bear. Okay. All right, William, Walt, or whoever else is here, we've come back to talk to you for a little bit. Can you hold the screen, please, and kind of point it that way? I've got to find my thermometer uh, real quick. All right. Now, we're going to do things a little bit different now, guys, because... Not real happy with what just happened to me down here. Just to let you know, Rob, as a note, a point of note, I'm so sorry. Just you're not in front of the uh, commands, uh, the uh, broadcasting station like you usually are. We have 37 minutes remaining. Okay, thank you. <coughs> All right, I'm going to be using a digital thermometer. I'm showing 63 degrees where I'm pointing. Okay, if there's anybody here with us, if you would like, or if you would. I'm going to ask you to pull the heat energy away from in front of it. All you need to do is move in front of this, and it will make the numbers drop. So can you please drop these numbers for me? I'm setting it 62, 61, 
Can you see the numbers clear there, Jason? Sure can. Are you moving the thermometer about the room or keeping on a fixed location? As steady as humanly possible. You'll see, actually, gotcha. the hand is not moving. Got you. 61. I need you to drop it further than that. Can you drop it further for me, please? Pull more of that heat energy out of the air. Uh, George in the chat room said, dude, did someone just say F it? Uh, Callie, no. Callie said I didn't hear it. No. I didn't hear anything on this end. I need you to drop it lower. We're down to 60. That's about a three-degree temperature drop since I first turned this on. So go ahead and pull more energy, please. I want to see if we can hit a colder temperature. Can you drop it down there at 59? You seeing this, Jason, on the camera there? Yep, seeing this at 59. Can you still see the numbers? Yes, can you I, still see it, Jason? Yes, I okay. sure can. Uh, not when you focus on the red dot so much. If you put the camera, the actual thermometer more in center view, there we go. We can see it. Down to 59.3, it looks like. No, yeah, 59.3. Can you pull more heat, please? No, wrong way. Drop it lower. Now, is there any moving air currents or anything through that area? Perhaps a cold draft or anything coming through? No, not at all. What is it that you're pointing that on? Is it the stone wall? It's actually a piece of garden hose. Okay, just making sure. Hand cramp. <laughs> 58. You want to trade me? You have to tell me all the time. No, I got this. Drop it back down, guys. Come on. See, we're still on the hose. Let me move it over to this actual piece of wood here. Let's restart this from this point. Okay. So you can see at home, Jason, we're actually going to be measuring the temperature onto a piece of plywood or pressed board, I guess it would be better stated, or particle board. Okay. This is where we're going to be taking our readings. Just to let everybody know who's listening uh, is or, or uh, watching this on YouTube, if we were able to get that posted up, it was when Rob was leaning over that he heard the cuss word. And he said, the only reason I asked is because it was uh, said that Walt curses. Yes, and it could have been Walt. Go ahead and drop it further. Just pull the heat from the air, please. Fifty-eight. It's a total of a five-degree drop. It's pretty good. Can you drop it further, please? Nope. Going back up. Try to hit fifty-seven for me. Can you take it to fifty-seven? Just pull a little more heat, please. Tell you what, if you hit fifty-five, I'll forgive you for smacking me in the head. You'll forgive them, but not me. There's 57 starting to tip. I take it lower, guys. Now, as you can see, we're still on the wood. Back away from the thermometer with the camera a little bit, please. Back a little bit, and you can see we're still on the wood. Perfect. That's perfect. A little bit more. 
I want to see it hit 56. More reset. I want to see you take it to 55. I know you can do it. 57. Now, doing this one night, Jason, at a different location, I actually recorded a 20-degree temperature drop in Oregon. Wow. What Around what temperature did it start at? It was in the uh, 50s, and it ended up in the 30s, and you could actually see your breath in the room. Wow, yeah. And George mentioned the chat room because he is able to see the live feed here in studio. He said it's a solid 57. Yeah. It's pulling slowly. But from the time we started this, we were at 63 degrees down here. That was the very first reading I took. 57.2. Yeah, we've had a six-degree drop. I just hit saw 56. If you can hit 55, I'm going to be very happy and very impressed. I'll even bring you down some candy. And why is it, if you could explain to the listeners right now and those that are uh, not necessarily seasoned investigators, what is with this temperature change? Oh, 55.4. We hit the double nickel. Um, can you shine the flashlight on where the, lens, the, the laser is at? I don't care if I didn't drop it. <laughs> can you see the dot? We can see the dot, but I'd like to see what the dot is on. Yeah, well, I can't find my flashlight, so hold on. <laughs> I'm grabbing my phone. There you go. Oh, he's got it. Okay. This is the spot where it is. Now, we're setting at a 55.7, between 55.7 and 56 right now. Okay. And you see the same spot that we've had it on since we started this little experiment. We're at a solid 55.7 now. 55.4. We'll come back over here to this. See what we're setting. And if you would turn the light off just for a second. Thank you. There we go. 55.4. Yeah. We just had a drop to 54. Yeah, 54.8. 55.4. 54.8. Very good job. Very good job. Uh, and I'm sorry for interrupting you, Rob, uh, but go ahead. Well, the I guess you call it the generalized theory is for a spirit to manifest, it needs to be able to pull energy from around it to convert it into usable energy for itself. Now, the most common energy found on the planet is heat energy in the atmosphere. By measuring temperature drops, we can actually measure the pull of energy from something that should not be there and put it into a numerical equivalent. And we've so far seen a temperature drop of about um, nine degrees. I wonder if William would like some chocolate. Should I give him a piece of my chocolate? Yeah, we can give him a piece of chocolate. We're at an eight degree drop right now. I think you like the idea of getting chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, if we can get it down one more degree, though, if literally we can get it down to 53 degrees, that will be a 10-degree difference just in this little area. Whoa. Did you see it? Yeah, 53.9. It's going. I think you want to stand Can you turn the light on for me real quick, Mark, and we'll show them that we're still on the wood? Yep. And... Uh, was there anything uh, placed on that wood prior to y'all being there? Was anyone standing around that area to cause the temperature drop? Maybe it's radiating the heat no. away? No. Just us walking through. Um, wood is also, honestly, not the best uh, conductor and holder of heat. Um, wood is very um, quickly to change temperature depending on the element around it. 
especially something like pressed wool because it's not actually living wood. It's chips of, of wood that have been pushed together. So it doesn't have the same type of a vein or something like a 2x4 or a 4x4 would have. So it's not going to be an excellent um, insulator. It's not going to be an excellent – it's going to be more of an insulator than a conductor. It should just pick up what's going on in the air around it. Now, right now, and I've got this kind of off camera right now, but I've got an, I'm still setting at 94. Point, excuse me, 54.5. Yeah, if it was 94 in here, I have issues. Mm. Um, but we have seen about a nine degree temperature drop so far, spiking sometimes to 10. You see, we're still at 53, 54. And as you can see, we're still right on the same spot. Go ahead and turn it off real quick. See the laser dot that tells us where we're pointing. So yeah, we did get a 10 degree drop in here. So that's an actually a, a fairly good indicator that something's pulling energy in here, whether it be normal, paranormal, but there's nothing down here that should be able to pull the type of heat energy that we're looking at. Jason, you still there? Yes, sir. I am, in fact, still here. I was actually just looking a few things up right now, uh, looking at the comparable uh, the temperature or thermal retention qualities of materials, and wood falls right in the middle. It's not really a good conductor, not a terrible one, but it's not a very good conductor of, of heat either. So it's really interesting. Now, I got caught up just in so physics you, uh, the physics websites. Just so you know, the external temperature right now outside is 62 degrees. That's the ambient temperature according to the National Weather Service. That's interesting because it actually correlated with what you were reading, actually, 6263. So you right. confirm it. So we did get a nice little 10-degree drop with this. So to me, once again, this is not something that's going to prove that there's a haunting here, but it does, <laughs> once again, give us another indicator of possible activity we've got. Um, but we're getting close to the end of the show. Why don't we go ahead and start moving back up, and let's get re-geared for going into the rest of the night. Yep, 26 minutes yeah. remaining. And, uh, also, oh, look at that one. Great. I like this. <laughs> also, just to let the listeners like, know, for yeah. those that really like facts and figures, what is a material that is produced by trees and is composed primarily of cellulose and lignin? Uh, lignin, pardon me. Uh, what is a very low heat transfer coefficient of 0.13 watts per square meter degree Celsius? So, essentially, it is, uh, it's not very good at transferring heat or temperature from another surface on the other side of it. Uh, so that's pretty good. I'd like that. That's neat. Even if there were a cold bottom or, or something cold beneath it, it wouldn't transfer to the other side of that board. So if he has like a fridge underneath it or a Peltier uh, device, even if you want to say he's hoaxing things, that wouldn't work. <laughs> Wood is not going to transfer that heat. And actually, you know, if you wouldn't care to help me with this, Mark, reach up there and turn that light on for a moment. You can use the flashlight to see where the pull string is. I want to show you guys that are going to be watching this on the video feed. Mark, if you would lift the end of this up, and please, uh, you probably have to scoot your foot back. And watch for spiders. And definitely watch for cave crickets and spiders. But if you can lift that. And let me yeah. see the flashlight here. I'll show you underneath that, oh, we found his horse. How about that? But there is nothing yeah. underneath this that would do any type of refrigeration, any type of temperature change. Yeah, yeah, very true. It's just a particle board laying on the, on the bare ground. Also partially covering the hose, but nothing at all. Uh, Callie asked if someone just moaned. She keeps hearing a woman moan. Now, of course, Jerry Lee is in the room. So just letting people know if they're wondering, if they want to know if there's a woman in the room. There is a woman in the there room. There are two females down here. Did but you? neither one of us are moaning. 
Not that kind of investigation, Jason. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just being thorough. You want to, if you have an EVP or you hear something that may be an EVP, just letting you know there are four individuals downstairs. There are two women and two men downstairs. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> now, once again, Jason, and I know I keep pointing this out to you, but you can see the infrared camera. We have every bit of this that we've done out down here tonight is being recorded audio and video. Um, we actually have this on a far wall, and you can see we have it set up and propped in the corner. Well, when you're going through the video for this particular portion tonight, just recall that around this time period, about three minutes ago, uh, actually about four minutes ago because of the delay, Callie heard someone moan. Okay, excellent. Yeah, and we're going back up to 56 degrees on the wood now, so it's, it's, it's starting to increase temperature back. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and start moving our way back up. I'm going to ask you guys to go first, please. Tamara, Barely, would you take the lead? Tamara mentioned she didn't hear any moaning. Laughing out loud, I didn't hear moaning. <laughs> That's what I sound like when I moan. Didn't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, hey, and this time I didn't get smacked in the head. All right. So... <laughs> But anyway, Jason, this is, believe it or not, some of this activity is pretty typical for here at the Ramsdale. Um, I have been hit here before and slapped and scratched. It's usually when Abigail's upset over one of her toys being broken upstairs. Um, first time that's actually happened to me in the basement. And what's the matter, Mark? Feel like you're hungry or? Really thrown up. Now, this is kind of ironic that you're mentioning this, Mark, because this is something we didn't tell. Friday night, one of our investigators, as soon as he hit that bottom step, you'll notice there's some comet down there. He let go of his ego all over the place. That it felt like he got hit in the stomach and just threw up everywhere. Well, well after the first time we came, or actually, after the first time we came out the basement, started feeling the nausea. Well, we'll keep you up here for a little bit, okay? <laughs> yeah. So we have a little bit of a cooperation with something that happened the other night, Jason. Um, if you weren't able to hear him, Mark reported coming out of the basement both times. He felt nauseous like he was going to throw up. Now, Friday night, we actually had an investigator get sick at the bottom of the steps. He said he felt like he was punched in the gut. Interesting. Interesting. And no one else is reporting this because if a large number of people, the reason I ask is if a large number of people are reporting nausea, then there might be signs of some type of uh, natural gas leak or something of that nature. So, of course, for two reasons, one to debunk and uh, two for the safety of those that are <laughs> safety, actually in the course, area. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. You know, I was the only one that got the, the lightheadedness when I was in the, in the basement. Nobody else seemed to. Tonight, Mark is the only one that's had the nausea problem that we've had a confirmation from. Could that be a natural source, something that he might be sensitive to or that I might be sensitive to? Absolutely, it could. I would believe that more with Mark than with myself, however, because I've spent five years in this place. Yeah, I was about to say, you've been there quite a bit, quite often. Is, so, is that an umbrella? What is the umbrella for? Yeah, actually, um, it's been raining here off and on this evening, so we have an umbrella propped up to keep the side of the equipment dry. That was a Jerry Lee invention. She did a great job with it. <laughs> All 
Congrats on inventing the umbrella, Jerry. <laughs> Congrats on inventing the umbrella. <laughs> just had to do that. Just had to give my little jab in. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Okay. Here in a moment after Mark, after your stomach settles down, or if you want to wait out here a little bit, you can. I might take Jerry Lee and me and you go into the captain's table and sit and talk to them a little bit. There's nobody in there right now. Sure, Gina, come on, you come with us. So, He's chilling now. He should have been here Friday night. I was here Friday night. I was talking to them. <laughs> All so, right, give us a couple minutes. Let's get our feet back on this, and we'll go have a talk with the captain at the table. No problem. <laughs> and actually, if you don't mind me asking, the uh, the new guest that you have there, uh, how do you how how does she feel about investigating so far? How's the night been so far for? Her? Well, right now she said she doesn't really feel like going in the house. So, <laughs> oh, understood. Yeah. And Rob, how long do you usually recommend people spend in one location, or is there a, a guide that you use in general, or do you just uh, feel it out depending on the situations that are occurring at the time? It really depends on a lot of it is situational. I give them ample opportunity to speak with us. If there's no interaction, we'll try to move to a more active area. With that being said, sometimes they tell us to get out. And we respect their wishes. We will leave that area and move to another area of the house. Usually they're a little more accommodating to us if they know that we'll respect their wishes and have a common level of respect for them as people would have had for them when they were alive. Somebody want to go with her to the facilities, please? Okay. Is that in general, Rob, or is that for the Ramsdale? Uh, In general. In general. And it seems like everywhere that we go, Sure. Um, we, we use that as an in general type of rule. Basically, if a spirit tells us to leave an area, we're going to respect its wishes for the simple fact that we want to show that we're respectful and that we will do what they mm-hmm. ask us to do if they're uncomfortable with what we're doing. After all, in our minds, this is their house. Right. Right. Now, I do <clears> see people that are smoking around the the uh, the central station, of course, which is away from the video cameras and things of that nature. And I know you're you vape. Uh, do you vape on investigations? Do, and if you do vape, do you try to do it only near the central base? How do you handle that? Absolutely. Yeah, I do not do this in the house. Um, there, there's too much of an opportunity for um, smoke to be read as a mist on a camera. And we try to keep as clear of a level of empirical data as humanly possible. So, yeah, we don't smoke or vape in the house. Even if it's a house full of smokers, we do not allow it in the house during the investigation. And I see you've taped down the cords and everything as well because, of course, it's a high-traffic area. That's a good idea with the painter's tape. Yes. And actually, I'll uh, pop in real fast, and I'll show you the tape job that we actually did on that particular camera that I mentioned to you. Um, And you, if you would like, can kind of describe this. To our listeners, our viewers, <clears throat> one of the questions you never ask a lead investigator is, is this enough tape? Wow. Yeah. So what Rob has done, he's gone up to one of the cameras that they have uh, properly secured <laughs> to a surface. Uh, it is using a lot of painter's tape. That's, if he lifted up the camera, he'd probably lift up that surface along with it. It is a copious amount of painter's tape. It is secure. and uh, uh, about, about 12 or 14, actually. But really? <clears throat> we yeah. have it well secured. And if you look, we also have it stripped across the traffic areas so people cannot trip. Absolutely. Or pull the camera down, too. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. This is the main conduit going outside, and you can see how heavily we have this taped. How many rolls of painter's tape do you go through an investigation like this with this much equipment and this size and this? Uh... Usually two. Two rolls. Easily. Wow. Yeah. As you can see here, we have another strip running along here. How long does it take you to set up for a location of this size? really just depends on how familiar we are with it, to be perfectly honest. This uh, particular house takes us about an hour, hour and a half, um, <clears throat> depending on the number of cameras that we put out, of course. And you can see here we're actually running along the walls and have things taped into place, behind cabinets, anything that we can do to keep this kind of out of the main flow of people's traffic. Uh, point of note, real quick, for those of you all listening to the show uh, right now live, if you heard some honking, that was from my side of the microphone. Sorry about that. Just letting you all know. And you'll see we still have the captain's dinner here. Can you bring that K2 close to the phone? I want to see how much the phone is interfering with that K2. You have to get close. That's why I keep it a distance. Yeah. I also want to show people. So when you got really close to the K2 with the phone, it went all the way up to red four. So just to let you all know. Yeah, now we'll put him end of the table. How about that? Right. No, no, no. I just want to make people know that if you do get a phone near the K2 meters, they will react to it. Absolutely. <clears throat> now, something else I'll show you real fast, Jason. One of our other tools that I actually do not have incorporated right now, we actually will use a laser grid. And I want to see how well this shows up for you. As you can see, this puts out a thatch pattern on the wall. Now, if somebody walks through this particular pattern, we can record it. And knowing the size of these squares, we can actually calculate the height of whatever moved through this particular grid. How big, how, what's the size of those squares offhand? Do you know? Um, it always varies via distance, but if I'm using my hand as a guideline, it's about a hand and a half to two hands height. So I'm going to go that each one of those squares is a little over a foot and a quarter. Nice. And of course, you actually measure those. You're not guessing them by the head <laughs> when you're when you're right. Doing. Right. We set it up in a into position. If we do when we do catch something, we go and measure the the size of it, and make sure we have all of that completely documented. Now you're going to also just to describe. Uh, Rob is actually pointing towards a wall where there's a, a laser grid pointing to it uh, from a device being projected onto the wall in a square pattern. It's literally a, a square grid like graph paper. Now, if you'll take a look, Jason, and I know you can see this, we have pretty much our entire group here right now. We're all hanging out down here around the captain's table. Hi, everybody. Sir. Um, Kelly, if you'd like to start a session, I'll just sit back and record. Oh. 13 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never put one of my investigators. You're not on camera. You're on an audio only. You're fine. John, Jason, don't tell her that I'm doing video, please. See, and she wanted to go outside and take a break. And I'm like, no, let's just wait and ask Rob. <laughs> Now, just so you know, Kelly is my senior field investigator. Kelly is a tremendously gifted investigator. Um, I, yeah, if, it's almost glowing in here. She's blushing so red right now. But um, Kelly and I have had the uh, the joy of getting to work together for several years. And um, I trust her as much as I've ever trusted anybody in this field to do what is right in situations, regardless of what they are. In regards to the joy of working together, speak for yourself, brother. We don't know what Kelly thinks. <laughs> what was it rolling off the table? 
keep our arms off the table in case yes. he decides to roll it again. Yes, and that does happen. Now, you can see Kelly is setting up the flashlight right here at the captain's chair. We also have the K2 meter as well as a voice recorder that she's using on her phone. So I'm going to step back, and Kelly, the show is yours. Okay, is there someone with us as of right now? So you can turn on that flashlight and have the recorder also on the table. And there's a green light on the table. You can see it's flashing yellow. Make that turn red. Now, previously, Jason, when we were down here, and you saw this as I was doing a couple of walkthroughs, we were getting some small green blips, but without actually getting close to the meter, we were getting nothing close to yellow. Now I have one solid light with three lights spiking. <clears throat> that was me clearing my throat. Also, um, you know, um, if it was a, uh, something in the house, Because if you take that meter and put it up to the back of the refrigerator, it'll fly a lot. And it'll stay there. It won't bounce. Most fields created by electronics, they're doing regular conversion with the transistors that are in them and the transformers that are in them. So there's a constant field with them. This type of free-floating field should not exist naturally. That's why we look for this when we go into homes. Um, based on just going in Enjoy the spaghetti that's that? on the table? Did you hear that? I did. Did you um, make the real one? I did. I did. I did. You know, heard a noise. <laughs> I did. I did. You know, one thing that we do, guys, just kind of a heads up. <clears throat> Anytime you hear me clear my throat or you hear us make a noise, we note it for the recorder. That way we don't mistake it for something when we're doing review. It helps us keep everything as clean and clear as possible. Sometimes the evidence that we pick up are just whispers. And we want to make sure that we're picking up a whisper that's outside of normal audible range. And we can't do that if somebody's been yawning or stretching. And we all do it, you know. Um, but just make sure that you note it out loud. Hey, I yawned. That was my knee popping. You know, that's for me. Or something of that nature, okay? And you normally don't talk this much during a normal EVP session. Rob's just doing it for the sake of the show. So keep that in mind as well. <laughs> that and for the sake of our guests, because this is supposed to be educational for them as well. We want them to know exactly what we do, how we do it, and they get a better understanding of what we bring forward as evidence. So they have a deeper understanding of the processes that we use. It shows that the data that we bring forward are as untampered and, and pure as humanly possible. Eight minutes remaining. Yes. Um, now, I know that you have 
your uh, live thing going on? Yes. Now, was somebody down here monitoring that when he was upstairs doing live show? No. No? I was the only reason why I was asking was because if it were to be receiving audio even in live feed, yeah. could that, I mean, even if it was your voice, it still spikes, even like a uh, voice recorder when it has... Yeah. Right. The thing is, is this is not used to standard radio transmission, so it's not going to be as effective. And we were actually testing this for education's sake. But if you'll notice, as I get closer, and excuse me, Captain, as I'm in here, I have to get very close to this device before it affects it. So being upstairs or this far back is not <laughs> going to have any type of an impact. The only reason why I'm sitting is because when you're talking, um, it's noises, it's, it's mimicking each right, right, right. And the thing that I've noticed is it's not doing it with the regularity. And we picked up on that downstairs when we were actually communicating with, we believe, William. Mm -hmm. Is every time that we mentioned Callie, for example, when we were talking about her, it would spike up to yellow. Okay. But when we started talking about Walt, it would drop. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. But I'll tell you what, where we're getting ready to do a wrap, I'm going to step out on the back porch. I'm going to let you guys investigate. And then I'll be back in, and we're going to have some more fun as the night goes. Yep. So, And just to let the listeners know, what they were referring to was the fact that the uh, K2 meter is almost acting like a voice meter, and the question was raised as to whether or not the voices uh, being transmitted over the air through the cell phone could have a spiking effect on the K2 meter. Now, <clears throat> I can speak actually to the manner in which data is transmitted over uh, whether it be uh, wireless or through a wired uh, connection when you're referring to uh, data packets. This is a UDP connection, so it's a, a uh, uh, essentially it's a, it's a connection type that does not require an acknowledgement from the reception device. So but basically it just continuously transmits packets. Now the packets themselves are going to be a consistent size, so regardless as to whether or not voice is being transmitted in that instance, it's actually going to be essentially a uniform size. Uh, there may be some windowing taking into effect, but that's only if the drop of connection occurs. So it's in reference to signal strength, how much data is being transmitted, not the type of data that's being transmitted. So um, just to give you all a heads up that are listening, the K2 meters, if they are affected by a cell phone, it will be a consistent dependence upon <clears throat> distance and data signal strength, not the type of data being transmitted. But with that being said, Jason, what did you think of the investigation in the two hours that we had? Man, it's been fantastic. There's about five minutes left in the show, so it's a great time uh, to talk about this. It's been great. I want to thank you so much, Rob, for letting, making this happen, for uh, allowing us to tag along as well on your investigation. The chat room has been fantastic tonight. Uh, it's been great. George did ask if a female said hi, but then later on he took me on the side and said, no, nah, don't worry about it. Uh, there are so many women in that room, it's hard to point that out, so... Uh, but I do want to thank everybody uh, that's been in the chat room tonight. We had Callie in here. She has gone, unfortunately. But, you know, people, it's a two-hour show. You got things to do. We understand. Uh, Michelle well, as well. Callie also is a student, so she has school in the morning. So. Right. No, absolutely. We also have Michelle Halstead that's in the chat room, uh, George Aguilar, Mark Lewis Atkins, uh, Tamara Zark, Kim. And I want to thank all the ninjas that have dropped in and out. And the ninjas, of course, referring to are those guests that haven't registered. You're welcome to pop in. We don't necessarily require registration. We appreciate you, though, have used your names because we love to see you return. We love to see you all back. You all are part of the Living Paranormal family. You're all Living Paranormalists, and we love each and every one of you. And as Tamara said, it went by way 
too fast. Patricia's saying, cool show. Thanks, Rob and team. And definitely, Rob, give your team a big thanks to your guests. Also, thank them so much for their consideration and sharing this Absolutely. moment with us. You know, and I got to interrupt here, Jason. Yeah. I got to say, I am probably one of the most blessed paranormal team leaders that there are. I have an amazing group of people that I have been fortunate and blessed to meet over the years. Um, even from the newer people coming in like Callie and Paula and Adam, her husband, to the ones that have been here with me the longest, like Becky and uh, Turner and Kelly. Um, it, it's just, I am so fortunate to have such a good working group of people that shares this passion with me and helps not only me find out more of the questions that I have, but also helps us answer questions for other people in their homes, um, in their businesses. You know, I mentioned in a post on our, our page when somebody asked me, why don't I go to the more haunted locations, the places where people can't stay for more than an hour? And my answer is this. We're not needed there. We are needed where kids can't sleep. We are needed where people don't feel peace in their own home. And that's our focus. This is not a thrill-seeking adventure for us in most cases. The Ramsdale House is a wonderful place for education. Hold on. I have to answer that. Thank you. Dear. Any, Hold on. No, I don't remember the names. We'd have to get them off no, the list. I don't remember the names. I would have to get a hold of you to do this. But anyway, this is an opportunity for us to educate people. Um, this is. A, hang on. Male or female, we're not sure up here in the Ramsdale bedroom, and that they are a son or daughter. Okay, so we just received information through a flashlight session upstairs that there is a son or daughter, 22 years of age, that's actually in the bedroom right now, oh, communicating wow. with the team. Wow. Tell her to continue questioning, see if we can nail down a gender and any other information, please. Right, I can continue the investigation, try and nail down a gender and any other information. Any other information together. George said, I can see Rob's cape flying in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Something to remember is to give it a long enough delay. Very good. But as you can see, my team is always very hard at work. They're always working to try to answer these questions, to try to get more information out of the spirits that we've been dealing with for five years. Um, any other breakthroughs that we get at this point is just gravy because we've gotten so much good information out of the Ramsdale house, out of this area. The spirits here are so fantastic to work with us. Um, even when I get smacked in the head like I did tonight, which I'm still kind of feeling the effects of, and please forgive me because I do feel like I'm starting to lose my voice now. No problem. One minute left, so go ahead. I just want to say that I really appreciate everybody on the team from the newer people here like Jerry Lee that's just delving into this for the first time uh, to the investigators that have been with me the longest like Kelly. Um, they make this team work. It's not something I can do by myself. I cannot do it without these wonderful people. Just like this show and Jason, I may give you a hard time, but I couldn't do this without you either. 
And I hope you're recording because I'll never say that again. Yeah, no kidding. No, I do appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. But that's actually everybody going to be the end of the show. Uh, don't forget to tune in to us every Sunday. We have our shows over at livingparanormal.com slash live. You can find our past shows at livingparanormal.com. Also in your favorite podcast aggregator, just type in Living Paranormal. And of course, you can find us over at facebook.com slash show. Don't forget the word show to the end of that. But uh, Rob, if you'd like to sign us out tonight, sir, from our live investigation from the Ramsdale House. Absolutely. And Jason, hold on the line with me a few minutes after mm-hmm. we sign, if you would, please. Sure. But for Jason Oliva, for Jerry Lee, for Mark, for everybody that you heard from tonight, Gail, everybody, I want to say my name is Rob Henry. You guys have a wonderful night, and we'll be back next week at the same time. Have a wonderful night. Adios, and happy Halloween. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs>